Well, hello there, and welcome to our third episode of Mashing In. Um, the voice you are listening to right now is me, Stefan Turcott, and, and alongside me, Brian Teslin and Edward Kay. Awesome! Thanks for uh, joining us. Obviously, we've done something right. If you're listening, still <laughs> the third time, <laughs> um, or if we're the first time, we don't know. We're happy yeah, you sure. listened to us the first time. Yeah. Thank you. So the way we like to lead off the show, now that we've got a few under our belts, is that we will kind of round up anything beer-related we did over the last week, and then a couple of upcoming beer events local to us in Victoria and greater Vancouver Island and the mainland uh, in BC. So this past week, uh, you guys went to a couple of events, I think? Yeah, Ed and I showed up at the one uh, Smith's was having here in Victoria. Uh, it was for Backcountry Brewing. Uh, they had a bunch of their new beers on. Uh, Pump Up the Jams was one of like the highlights, I think. Yep. Uh, I heard your mom was the main highlight. <laughs> your mom <laughs> was mom. the main highlight. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, I mean, Fran does like to go to beer events. Fran so. parties. Yeah, yeah. She, she is pint of beer, yoga, cooks dinner. That's right. Yeah. So, no. so one thing about the beers when you go to order them, you're like, I'll have your mom goes to college. I'm like, what? <laughs> Uh, yeah, the boysenberry sour. Why? Why couldn't you just say that? You're like, is it got boysenberries in it? That was the other one. I was like, oh, the boysenberry sour. You're like, which one's that one? Your mom goes to college. You're like, what? It gets confusing. Uh, I'll have number six, please. <laughs> cool. So the beers were good. Yeah, right? they make great beer. Yeah. Um, from even their sours, they're doing a lot of pretty much kettle sours because they're trying to can a lot. So I think yeah. it's a safe bet. But they hit on the nose, like even though most of them are fruited, they mm. haven't done too many dry hopped ones, I think. But mm. yeah, most of the cattle sours. They also had all the core cool stuff on as well, the pilsner, the IPA, and all that kind of stuff, which are all very good. And the pilsner. Yeah, their IPAs and stuff are like on point, and their pilsner is like yeah. pretty legendary right now too. You don't hear people talk about that much. They're known for the hazy IPAs, but they seem to do everything pretty damn well. Yeah. Well, they open a solid core of beers that. People definitely want to try it yeah. over and over again. So, you know, hashtag flagship February. There is a <laughs> bunch of flagship beers from backcountry that you should probably get into on the regular because they're pretty damn good. Yeah, people say tend to focus on their seasonals rather than talk about cores, but yeah, they're all really good beers. Well, they just they're starting to solidify themselves as more of yeah. a seasonal brewery now, yeah, which true. is kind of a t- tricky one because they did open up with a juggernaut of core. Yeah. Cool. Uh, Any other events? Um, I went to a special media thing. Uh, Ooh. At Vancouver Island Brewing. You're so oh, famous. Cool. Yeah, we, <laughs> I know, right? We didn't get invited, even though we're like world famous <laughs> podcasters. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's taken me like three years of vlogging to get in. Yeah. <laughs> okay. um, no one reads that. <laughs> what is it, like 100,000 words minimum to get in there? Or? Right, yeah. They go through and count everything up. Okay. Nice yeah. algorithm going. <laughs> Um, no spelling it was, mistakes. The, it's kind of, you brought people probably know, it was Vancouver Island Brewing, and then they became VI, or Six, as some people like to derogatively term I've it. I've never heard, heard of that, that term, yeah, no. Yeah. People are like, why do they call themselves Six? That's confusing. But Jeez. when they rebranded the first time, they had this massive party. Like, mm-hmm. everyone was invited from town. Yeah. Though I didn't get an invite to that, but whatever. Um, and then they had another one for so the public downtown. Um, uh, but it failed catastrophically. Everyone hated the branding, the beers were The books. rebranding failed, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And was it the event time, that was at Commons or something like that? No, they did it at the Strathcona, the, the public one, and then they had one at the brewery for like, industry folk. Okay. And this time it was just like 
I'd say like 20 people they invited, it was small, intimate, and it was, what I liked about it was that they were super humble, they admitted like, yeah, we rebranded, and it was atrocious, people didn't like it, mm. and it, the guy even said, it wasn't that it just didn't go well, it failed hard. So when they've rebranded this time, they've gone kind of back to the roots, and now they're kind of in this, he was saying like, they're in this zone where like, for the long, for decades, they made the same beers continuously, and they were falling behind on the trends, and then they tried to make new stuff when they rebranded, and it fell flat. So now they're trying to kind of appease the old crowd that felt betrayed by the rebranding, while also bringing out new stuff. And they seem to be doing pretty well with that. I tried the Nanaimo Bar um, Imperial Porter. I really liked it. It was pretty good. I mean, sweet for sure, because the coconut and stuff added, but yeah. they didn't add lactose or anything, which is hey, admirable. That, <laughs> that's days. a win in my book. I yeah. know, right? And so you yeah, know the lactose, right? Yeah, just saying. <laughs> yeah. They were asking feedback from people like, hey, what do you like about this beer? If we were to make this again, what would you... And it was really humble. I kind of liked that about it. Mm. And uh, no, it was a good event. Good little night. And they had food pairings too. Cool. Huh. Hopefully it uh, helps them out a bit more. And the new yeah. yeah, I'm excited now to try them again. It sounds like, yeah, it's time to go back and revisit a little bit. They, so. they rebranded like the third time this is the third time they've talked this right this is not the fourth well, rebrand now this is the third well re-brand. yeah the third like they had the original then the vi one and then they rebranded like a year and a half ago at least yeah right? so i think that's the thing as well there's a lot of consumer confusion they're facing okay. cool um so that wraps up this past week uh anything you can think of that we have coming up over the next week or two that you're excited about mike uh spence is having his at the Drake, his famous magnificent magnificent six on the fourteenth of fourteenth uh, of February, so Valentine's Day. I will be able to go. But I was gonna say, it sounds like a day that I know something's gonna happen. Yeah, <laughs> depends on you know the flowers you buy sometimes. Yeah. But uh, um, yeah, that's gonna what be is a fun the magnificent one. six. Brian? Magnificent six is the six breweries that basically supported Mike in his very early days of um, the Drake. And he would go and visit the mainland, and all these breweries basically were starting, they're up and coming at the time. Um, they consist of Dagrad, Moody, Four Winds, Powell, and Steel and Oak. Is that six? Sure. Yep. My count is I good. Think I've, I think I got everyone there. <laughs> but uh, he, basically bring, he basically fills his taps with all their beers. They will send a few um, specialty beers over. Uh, it's a great event. I think. All representatives from the brewery, like actual brewers, attend the event. It's one of the Drake's most anticipated events all year. So Cool. Yeah. Anything else? Um, there's a Twin Sales and Collective Arts collab launch at uh, Smith's Pub next week, which is cool. Um, mm-hmm. Bring it to the island instead of just launching in Van. Same night in Vancouver at the Alibi Room, Collective Arts and Superflux are launching their collab. Mm-hmm. So is it a battle of... Uh, battle of the collabs? Yeah, is it, it's a, for um, Hayes supremacy, it's either <laughs> Twin Tails or, uh, or Superflux? Well, it's all it's both, it's both collective arts for both, isn't it? Yeah, it that's is, what I yeah. mean. Like, yeah. Yeah. The collective arts just came in and just annihilated everyone with like a, 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 a collab. A yeah. collab. And, I mean, we had some of the beer last week, and it was pretty, dark, pretty good. Yeah. And most of the stuff I've had from them in the past has been pretty good. So the Twin Tails one's a double IPA called Thunder Buddies. Whereas the <laughs> so original, the Superflux one is a white IPA and it has no name, just a symbol. 
Oh, which is gonna be really confusing for people that go stores. Yeah, yeah people, people just grab a beer. But I hear it, that beer used to be called Prince, right? Oh God. <laughs> the beer formerly known yeah. as the symbol. Um, cool. And I know that we're. Um, I, when I say we, I mean Il Sauvage. Uh, Ian from Il Sauvage is taking a couple of our beers up to Nanaimo for the weekend. Oh, um, so they're going to be pouring a couple of our sours up at um, a couple of the events at Nanaimo Beer Week. Yeah. And that's, so that's coming up this week as well. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of events. There's a couple of tap takeovers. It's a cask night. Uh, cask like at uh, White Sails? Uh, it's a White Sails. Well... Yeah, it's at White Sails. There's a thing at the Canby, um, and then the Crafternoon, which is at Long, Longwood. I think that's the big event. Yeah, I think that's the one that we're pouring. If you're yeah. looking for a lot of the uh, the beers that you're gonna see around uh, that that area, uh, go to Lucky's Liquor. Um, Debbie, who runs the program there, runs an amazing program and is involved with a lot of the um, Nanaimo Craft Beer Club and associations that are all um, have been formed in the past five or six five years or so. So. Um, she's got a great, great selection. You should check it out. Cool. So I think that just about wraps us up for events of the past and coming weeks. Mm-hmm. We're going to saddle away for a couple of minutes and be right back. Cool, cool. Au revoir. into this week's beer news section. I'm opening up with an article from my own country, uh, the UK. Um, some think Australia, but... I never thought that. I get it all the time. <laughs> you know, it's only half a world away. Yeah. People are like... I do that to uh, one of my bartenders I work with now, and I was like, oh, you're from Australia. He's like, I'm from fucking Yorkshire. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, great. Awesome, I'm an idiot. Maybe most of the criminals are from Yorkshire or something. Hey, yeah. hey, no, <laughs> hey, hey. Are you from Yorkshire, too? I am, actually, yeah. From Harrogate, yeah. Okay, so what's the story out of the UK? So, uh, some road workers were working on the A14 highway between Cambridge and Huntingdon, if you know where that is, and they uncovered some fragments of what's believed to be the earliest evidence of brewing in the UK, dating back to what they think is 400 BC. It's just like these little fragments they found, but they've got of charred residue, which has, like... it's microstructures that contain air bubbles, typical for, of those formed in the boiling and mashing process. So it's like, you know, it could be, it couldn't be, but the guy working on it is called Dr. Sherlock, just to double down on the cliches here. Nice. <laughs> um, so that, yeah, they think that they were using it to purify water back then um, as a safe source of hydration. So wait, so. The, the goal here, we're talking about water purification instead yeah. of getting drunk. Well, you know, this is before you discovered the, oh, yeah, the yeah. real potential. Okay, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, they were just like, oh, this is just such delicious water. Yeah, now right. two and a half thousand years later now, we're just getting shit-faced all the time. It's like yeah. that Family Guy episode when they show uh, Ireland before uh, the invention of whiskey. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I guess this was the start of the downfall. Maybe this is what's led to the Brexit. <laughs> this, Although there was a, this is the cause of Brexit. There was a high water mark where you know England controlled most of the territory That's in the true. world. Yeah. There's been a few things that have caused our downfall. Yeah, fine. I think you're still in good standing with most of the world right now. So, <laughs> well, I've got a story as a segue that makes the U.S. look even worse. Oh. If that makes you feel any better, 
They've always loved us. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, it's this new story of them dumping tea into the harbor, um, straight <laughs> off the presses. No, um, if anyone was uh, human this weekend and liked football, the Super Bowl was on, and there were, um, of course, the the ads that come along with the Super Bowl, which are, for some people are more important I, than the actual game. I drove to the mainland for it. three hours to watch the Super Bowl and drove back. Why did you need to watch it there? Long, long story. Okay. But I did it. <laughs> okay. Great. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Uh, anyway, most people have like shared this around. I just think it's so it's really funny. Um, Bud Light had a, an ad on, uh, during the Super Bowl that was about a minute long that kind of said showed a it was in ancient times. It seemed like um, Monty Python and the Holy mm -hmm. Grail type times with <laughs> knights and kings. And there's this giant barrel of corn syrup that they get delivered to the castle, and they say like, "Oh, this is not our corn syrup." I'll uh, I'll play a clip of it now. If I'm allowed. Just a side note of this. Oh, is it ready to go? Sweet. Yeah. Um, my king, this corn syrup was just delivered. That's not ours. We don't brew Bud Light with corn syrup. Miller Light uses corn syrup. Let us take it to them at once. So you can see they're just, you know, yeah, kind of firing shots at Miller Coors. They first Miller Light and then Coors Light. So they're just making fun of making fun of the fact that they use corn syrup. It's really this article that I shared a couple of weeks ago that showed the new nutrition labels on Bud Light. Though clearly shows rice, and so the whole, the funny yeah. thing about this is that like, yes, okay, Miller Coors uses corn syrup, but you, they use rice for exactly the same reason. Yeah, it's not really much difference yeah. nutritionally as well. No, uh, and and in the article I brought up, the, a nutritionist was was um, was quoted here, Doctor Ludwig, um, <laughs> continuing the good names here. Um, says that um, it's not going to matter much at all in the final nutritional quality whether they use corn syrup or rice because it's all fermentable. The yeast yeah. is just going to metabolize it yeah. into it's, alcohol. Does the same exact CO2. thing. CO2, yeah. So, the side um, note, just Bud, Bud or Anheuser-Busch, I think for six minutes of airtime for commercials in the Super Bowl, spent something stupid like $32 million for yeah. six of their brands to get a total of six minutes of airtime throughout the whole Super Bowl. Well, and coming from that, one of the biggest problems they had straight after the Super Bowl was a bunch of the tweets from the corn lobbyists and corn oh. farmers who came out saying, like, what have you got against us? Why are you demonizing this? Like, mm -hmm. um, so I, it seems like, well, especially with people like us, like craft beer nerds, it definitely, like, was just like stupid and ridiculous. Potato, potato, really, yeah. at this point. And then with <laughs> a giant lobbying group, you just pissed off. Yeah. For no real reason, like there must have been lower hanging fruit to hit than corn syrup. What um, kind of asshole puts corn in beer? Everyone knows you're supposed to throw cannolis in there. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ooh. <laughs> well, that, that's the other point I was going to make was that like in craft beer, like uh, it, when you want to brew like IPAs or double IPAs, most people do use dextrose, which yeah. is, wait for it, corn sugar, yeah. <laughs> like what? pure corn sugar. Yeah. Uh, and in oh. fact. To make a double IPA, it is one of the essential ingredients. Otherwise, it gets too malty and mm -hmm. too sweet, and so you need it to dry it out. So, mm -hmm. and then like yeah, these days craft brewers are throwing any kind of sugar into a beer mm -hmm. and hoping it sticks. Like we like said, anything, lactose. To, yeah, and, anything to bring up that ABV. Yeah, some of those pastry styles just throw anything in there. Yeah, whatever's sitting around in the bakery well, at the time. This is like. The joke that I think Trillium made too with one of theirs, they called the adjunction junction or something like that. The adjunct junction. Yeah. One of their beers, it literally had like every possible adjunct to throw in a stout. 
like it's the hip thing to do right now but yeah. people love it and people line up line up for that stuff so it's true. It's that's true. your business model that's what you want right anyway in one of the later ads they all got burned to death by the game's Game of Thrones dragons, mm-hmm. so it, it ended well, at least. Yeah. Um, it, that 32 million. Money spent. <laughs> that was money spent, for sure. Uh, they did a good job spending that money that day. Brian, what have you brought to share with us? So, going back to so, sort of a brewery we had talked about in the beginning of the session, um, a brewery out of Hamilton, Ontario, called Collective Arts. And for people who don't know them <sighs> yet... Um, it's a pretty big juggernaut of a brewery um, throughout Canada right now, making uh, a good amount of beer and distributing all throughout Canada with uh, their Liquid Arts uh, own distribution company. They have their own distribution company. Yeah, Liquid Arts. So they're also got the, they're the ones that represent Founders and Wild Beer Co. And they've been bringing in a few other random beers here and there. They just took over to Ul. Um, that's. Uh, is that pronounced correctly? I have no idea. No one knows how to actually say this. To ul. I heard. Okay. It means two beers in, um, okay. like, I hate Swedish and all that. They're all the same language. Right, right. Danes don't like it when you say that, mm-hmm. but it, it is true. Just They're just dialects sense. of each other. So, mm-hmm. yeah, whatever you want to say. Swedish, <laughs> but two, it means two beers. Two, two ales. Two, uh, two ales. You know, uh, yeah. That's cool. There's a, there's a cool map you can look up on Google that shows, like, the way, um, the name for beer across Europe in the different languages and like as soon as you get like halfway up the UK and all the way north it all switches to ale and ul instead of like and when you go down south there's like um, beer bière cerveza like yeah anyway I just thought they were massive fans of the band which band? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know it's been so long since they released an album I forgot myself (laughs) yeah so um so what, only, is, what, is, so, what is this? So they're about a, they're about a fifty thousand barrel a year brewery, from what they're saying, they're a little bit under. Which you you know it's not that much considering they're distributing through about twelve states and a whole bunch of countries. And I'm still waiting for the the story here. So the story is <laughs> um, they've always been about um, art and music, yeah, and obviously now the craft of things, and with the new legalization of cannabis here in our country they are now going to be taking over the cannabis market with cannabis with their advertising and their this is a brewbound magazine article by the way uh, which you can find right on their website they are going to be starting to um uh test out uh, thc and cbd infused beverages and they're even making some uh big multi multi-million dollar deals in order to get de-alkalization alkalizing equipment um, for their beers so that they can make beer that's got almost zero proof alcohol but it has CBD in it. So you get your hazy IPA, you can't get drunk, but you might want to go and get a couple of cheeseburgers anyway after it because you're probably going to do that anyway if you have a couple more. But huh. So that is one of the big parts of that of that whole takeover. They're going to be able to, they're also going to be releasing them in 12 US states. Uh, is the goal at the moment and then they have to wait till about the 17th of October this year I believe before they can even think about um, releasing them here so so the plan is not to make um, an one with alcohol in it they, or the plan is to make both I like, believe they're gonna try and make both but I from bits and pieces in the article they are saying that um, they're gonna invest in this uh, de-alkalization equipment 
in order to uh, produce non-alcoholic beer infused with THC and CBD. But like um, that's weird to me because why aren't they just trying to make also like flavorful non-alcoholic beer without the THC? Why are those things question. related? Like to get bust somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. It's interesting. I don't know. Um, yeah, it would just make sense just to brew a non-alcoholic beer and then just add the THC like, to it. Yeah, I, I think they might want to do a heavier. Maybe they want to if it's equipment that does like, like like all the fancy new hippie beers right now that we like. Um, it, maybe it's easier to brew that and then have the, this machine dealkalization it dealkalize this. Are you saying this. that right? Dealkalize. <laughs> so it's it's different every time. I know. I know. <laughs> dealkalize. Alcohol. You just read it. Where is right there. Dealkalization. Dealkalization. Oh, Dealkalization. Yeah. It's a fucking mouthful, man. It is. It is. So. Um, so. It's the hazy IPA of words. It's the hazy IPA. <laughs> Junction. Junction. Um, so, yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're quite a large. So, so I get this like once a week working at the bar here at Il Savage. Someone always comes in and is like, it's always some like 50-year-old dude who's like, you have any craft brews? And I'm like. <laughs> you want to say like you know fuck off but yeah <laughs> nice sure enough they get like halfway through the first pint and they're like so about this legalization of marijuana like when are you guys doing your first weed beer and i'm like oh man my i don't understand it like yeah i i like weed i like beer i don't see the point of having to mash them together yeah i don't get the whole draw to it like weed is like for me, like I don't, I can't tell the differences between the different strains. Maybe other people can. I always thought it was a level high you would get from it, but oh no, oh no. I feel like that's the thing though. They're not trying to attract craft fans here. They're trying to attack track weed fans to bring in a bigger market share. But it's also the kind of thing where everyone's gonna do one and it's gonna be cool, trendy for like, well, cool inverted commas for like a year and then five years time everyone's gonna go look back and like do you remember that time everyone made those weird beer, weird beers and they were shit well what are yeah. the shelf life of this product's gonna be too uh, i don't know should um, we ask our we have a lovely guest here should we ask our guest about uh what he he thinks of this introduce yourself hi uh hello my name's darren they've uh, brought me in to uh chat a little bit about some stuff we'll be talking about later but um <laughs> my two cents um i think the combination of the two is it's cool. Quotation yeah. marks cool. Uh, it'll be fun. I mean, a lot of people drink and smoke weed at the same time anyways. Yeah. So yeah. it's like combining the two. It's like getting two birds down to once. So, I mean, why not? I mean, if you're going to vape, if you're vaping anyway, it's not going to be anything about the smoke essentially, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's going to be different in the body. Uh, it's going to be a body high versus like a head high or something like that. So Probably, right? A different yeah. type of edible. Yeah, so it'd be, it would be equivalent to like having edibles and then drinking some beer. But the CBD thing is actually really interesting, the cannabidiol, which is, you know, more positive effects on your health, you know, lower your anxiety, which I find beer already does, like lowers inhibitions. <laughs> it's but, like half and half for some people, I yeah, think. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> but I like, like, if I... If I'm drinking beer and smoking weed, I like the fact that going out and smoking slows down my drinking. Uh, yeah. No, totally fair. I think that uh, people will fail miserably at it mm -hmm. and, like, you know, checking in on themselves and they're going to have five, six pints like they always do. And then beyond being just drunk, they're going to yeah. be so stoned they can't function. I wonder yeah. what the labels are going to look like. I wonder if they're going to do, like, foggy <laughs> labels <laughs> and then when you're stoned, they look regular and you're just like. <laughs> But didn't one of the big breweries already do this? Like one of the AB and Bev ones? Like, I'm pretty sure. Well, they haven't done it yet, but they've already got plans for it. 
for what CBD even based. Yeah, I've heard people like damn yeah, The only I think problem is like a Budweiser, like a Budweiser variant they're gonna make or something. I'd have to look it mm. up. But so the only like, problem in Canada is that like <laughs> even if you so for example with with like us and sour beers when we have like we have live cultures and if you were making kombucha you could say that it has like probiotic um, ingredients in it. You can't do that for beer because it's got it's alcoholic. Mm-hmm. So in Canada you're not gonna be able to say like oh, this is our new IPA with CBD oil in it, and it's really good for your joints. Yeah. yeah. You, you can't do that. You can't. It's got yeah. no health properties. To exactly. It. You're not supposed to list any health properties when it's an alcoholic beverage. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so how they're going to do it with weed. I mean, just the whole um, distribution thing of it right now has been a nightmare, and then putting it into the uh, government liquor stores, they're like, I've never <laughs> seen a group of people more petrified than the, the government store workers of how they're going to, like, store that and sell it and, like, they're, they're freaked out. Store it? I'm pretty sure they're going to store it in a warm warehouse. <laughs> above room temperature yeah, yeah. for an extended period let it of time. S- let it sink into the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and they're going to screw up the shipments. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one's ever going to be high again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that just about wraps up yeah. the news for this week. Yeah. Uh, we're going to take a short break. And we'll be right back with our dive into coffee and coffee beers. Oh, yeah. Coffee. Hey everybody, welcome back. Our third segment of the week. The one that we previously called three beers, except I'm going to have to go back on that because we brought way more than three beers. I think we've beers. got like yeah. six beers. Yeah. Um, and this week we decided on a special theme and we have a special guest to introduce as well. Uh, we know people are maybe a little bit tired of our three voices. So uh, I think almost every week now we're probably going to invite someone else to help us. Yeah, we're going to try and include some more people from around the community. There's a lot of people who would sound way better on this than us. So, yes. Whoa. I yeah. like your three voices together. This is my first time hearing you speak together. It's like a quiet. Flattery will get you everything. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You can yeah. come yeah. back so. anytime. Yeah. Nice. Um, so, this week we decided on a theme. We chose an ingredient again in beer. Uh, this ingredient is coffee. And coffee as an ingredient in beer is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they go together very well. Um, but I don't really know that much about coffee, the roasting process, the brewing of coffee process. So um, yeah, we decided to bring in Darren to maybe help us understand. Before we dive in, well, why don't we dive into a beer first? Sure, sure. Yeah, and then we can ask you. Um, so, well, first, why don't you uh, introduce yourselves to us and your and our listener? Yeah, it's singular, by the way. Thank, thank you so much for bringing me in. <laughs> our uh, listener, my name is Darren. And uh, I'm really happy to be here. Uh, this is definitely up my alley. I love coffee. I've been involved in coffee now for coming up on probably eight years. Okay. I think I've been saying eight years for a few years. So I'm really not sure anymore. It's been eight but, years for like, yeah. Yeah. It's going to be like 25 years from now. And you're like, I'm yeah. afraid. Yeah. I'm still, yeah. still 28. Solid eight year olds. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do love coffee and beer. Um, more so as just like an interesting ingredient above anything else. Um, it's not that often that I find like a supremely executed coffee beer. And, uh, but it you know, keeps me coming back because I'm interested to see what people do with that ingredient. So what do you think are some of the um, 
downfalls that you've seen in coffee beers, the way they're executed? Like, what is it that it's not kind of hitting all the notes for you or something? Um, I mean, the biggest thing coming from a coffee background, uh, I'm, I'm really into the flavor of coffee, yep. all those different complex notes that you can pull out of a coffee. And I feel like when you have something as flavorful as beer, especially with the craft beer industry, it can often overpower and usually that's on purpose like the beer is supposed to be shining through here it's not about the coffee mm-hmm. and, and so having those like delicate notes in the coffee come through a beer is really difficult mm-hmm. and uh, and I want to I want to taste that I mm-hmm. want those like interesting flavors to pop but it's just not an easy task yeah I was kind of watching some videos and reading some stuff over the last couple of days about coffee and I was watching some like really high level coffee tasters go through their tasting notes. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting because what a lot of people think of as coffee is dark roast burnt coffee. Yeah. Uh, and these guys were tasting like high end mm-hmm. ones and they're like, this tastes like apricot juice mm-hmm. and it's got a sweetness to it and it's got acidity to it. And it was really interesting. like listening to them go yeah. through these tastings. The profiles yeah. are insane. There's yeah. a whole lot of factors that go into a coffee. Um, commodity coffee, your everyday coffee, just like everyday beer. We're talking about, you know, Budweiser and what have you. Uh, you know, they're hitting the same taste profile so that they can keep the same customers coming back time and time again, and they don't get upset about any changes, anything they're not expecting. You know, there's no sourness in Budweiser. You know, there's a innate sweetness to it that makes it easy to drink, you know, high carbonation, all these kinds of things. And with coffee, uh, a lot of places like, you know, Tim Hortons, Starbucks, et cetera, these big box stores, you know, they make their coffee taste the exact same in every single store across all of Canada, sometimes across the entire world. You can get a cup of Starbucks coffee that tastes the same all the way in Australia or in Japan. That's where Ed's from. Australia. (laughs) In your hometown, (laughs) it tastes the exact same. Adelaide, I believe. Even Yorkshire Starbucks tastes (laughs) the same. But the way that they do that is they they buy the same style of coffee. They roast the hell out of it so that none of those complex notes can come out. They mute it. They make it monotone, and therefore they make a a product that can be replicated, you know, store to store. Would you think that people want coffee in the commodity sense in the same way they want beer in the commodity sense they want to see how many they can get into them it's about keeping your caffeine buzz going as is keeping your alcohol buzz going yeah sure definitely a lot of similarities there you know people want to sit down and have a cup of coffee or have two or three cups of coffee Uh, when you get into the specialty coffee world though having two three four cups of coffee starts to affect you a little differently also monetarily because yeah. the price for specialty coffee, price for craft beer, you know, is a little bit steeper because the effort that goes into it, the quality of the ingredients, and the expertise behind the actual craft. So I spent $22, $23 on 250 grams of coffee beans the other day. Yeah. There you go. Um, yeah. So just to get back a little bit, yeah. the preferred term is specialty coffee. Because uh, we, we say craft beer, although I don't even yeah. know if that's a good term anymore. Yeah. But for coffee, yeah. Specialty coffee is, okay. is the industry of like, uh, it's also called third wave coffee. Okay. And uh, it's just cutting okay. down uh, the steps between the actual grower of the coffee mm-hmm. and the people that are brewing the coffee. And, and there's also certain, you know, things that need to be met in order for it to be considered specialty coffee. There's a whole grading system that's mm-hmm. in place to ensure that like this is labeled as specialty coffee and everything else is labeled as a different type of coffee okay a lot of eth- yeah. ethical um 
rules come into play with the, a lot of the copies you get or in in my experience for the specialty world anyways there's not a lot of like ethical hoops you have to jump through interesting ethicality in coffee if you see like the fair trade stuff yeah. and the organic stuff this is more just like uh, uh, an attempt to get people to buy it it's a marketing scheme more often than mm -hmm. not because you see that a lot in like grocery store coffees that are not necessarily Tim Hortons and the other ones but you see it like you'll see I'm going to name some names like Kicking Horse and like mm -hmm. Salt Spring Island coffee they'll say fair trade or they'll say organic they're kind of it's like a buzzword yeah definitely a buzzword and, and these are hoops that are really difficult to jump through for third world countries mm -hmm. up and coming countries mm. places without or, a lot of money or, or an individual farm right? yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah. you know and you're expecting them to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars to get all these approvals through mm -hmm. just so that they can get that stamp on a bag of beans in an attempt to sell it faster and you work for bows and arrows yes i do right and, next door yep yeah, and so yeah our great neighbors who have <laughs> worked with us extensively already at il savage here it's awesome Absolutely. um I was wondering how you guys label because you don't really use fair trade or anything like that. It doesn't say like, does it even say single source or anything like that? You guys have like some single origin stuff now, don't you? A yeah, lot, uh, as far as mm -hmm. I know. Yeah, a lot of our stuff is single origin. It comes from a singular farm or a single farm operator, a one person that owns several farms in an area. However, there's some places in the world that it is it nearly impossible to get a true uh, single source coffee. Uh, it's been really difficult in Africa, for instance, where um, the government actually controls a lot of the, you know, coffee flowing in and out. And so private farms, private practices are nearly unheard of. Okay. Yeah. They just blend it all together. It, yeah. it gets okay. blended together. It'll get blended into regions. So you'll have mm. certain certain areas, Guji and, you know, whatnot. Do they have a lot of, like, government-based facilities that just take on beans from different farms and blend it there? Or how does that work? It'll be like... Um, I don't, I don't know the exact specifics on it, but coffee will be grown and it'll all be shipped to like a milling station or a cleaning station. And that station will take in all these coffees from these small holder farms or bigger farms. Sorry, excuse me. I'm drinking beer, so I'm going to burp. <laughs> and, uh, so they'll bring in a whole bunch of different types of coffee. coffees from, <laughs> yeah, uh, from, from the surrounding area. And yeah, they will, they will get blended together, but there'll be similar coffees, similar mm -hmm. varietals, plants. And what have you so you guys have an espresso obviously which is a blend correctly yeah correct? we have we have a espresso blend we have several espresso so blends blend. uh, the Hathaway the Street 66 and the Fun Crusher Plus okay. and these are all blends of one two or two three types of beans yeah that we think complement each other and create an interesting profile and are roasted specifically for espresso okay yeah um let's quickly jump into our glasses because we've already opened the first beer yeah. ed and i both brought the same <laughs> beer tonight one of the same beers uh this is lighthouse brewing's night watch coffee lager it's probably one of the most famous coffee beers in victoria for sure maybe even the province there isn't too many other coffee beers that really yeah. no and it has a, a following like this one and, and it's a full-time beer uh, it's yeah. not a seasonal anymore. No. Um, it's available both in bombers and in four-pack cans now. So mm -hmm. it, it's something that they're they've been brewing for two, three years now. Or? Yeah, there was this kind of like a boom with uh, coffee loggers about a year and a half ago or so. Well, yeah, and that's the interesting thing about this beer is that we normally, you know, the other beers that we brought tonight are all big, bold, dark beers, yeah. and this is a lager, a nine <laughs> IBU. 
five percent logger, mm -hmm. um, which I'm pretty sure is their company logger, right? Plus, so on the label it does say that yeah. this is brewed. This is one of the things I wanted to touch on quickly was all the different ways that you can use coffee and beer, and this the way that they've used it is they're using cold pressed coffee, like right. a concentrated version of cold cold brew, and then putting that into the beer. Okay. So they blend it. The beer's done fermenting, it's sitting there. The cold press is done, you know, it's extraction period, and then they blend the two together. Obviously, it takes only a small amount of cold brew to mm -hmm. add flavor to a large amount of lager. Makes sense, yeah. Because yeah. it's a clear yeah. lager, almost. Um, what are you guys, like, um, what are you guys smelling? What are you guys tasting on this one? I really like this one. I mean, I'm not a huge fan of company, well, I'm not a fan of lagers in general, like plain lagers, uh, but I drink, I, pretty decent amount of this it's a good go oh, yeah? too yeah mm -hmm. it's always a couple in the fridge it's like the moment you crack it and smell it it's just like robust coffee like it it's so prominent in the flavor they it, really hit the, okay, like the nail on the head with too. the to me though it smells like a very sweet coffee i'm not saying a, that it has I'm a not lot saying of sweetness that, in the taste though too uh, yeah I, I, but i mean it smells to me like a coffee with a bunch of sugar in it yeah, mm -hmm. like condensed milk. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like a Vietnamese coffee almost, yeah. Yeah, right? It's got kind of yeah. that like lactose mm -hmm. kind yeah. of even in the mouthfeel too. It's like mm -hmm. it's silky, it's caramelly. Mm -hmm. But you can understand why this is such a hit because mm -hmm. it yeah. tastes like that. A double double. Yeah, yeah. It, it almost yeah. is a double double yeah. of beer. Yeah. It <laughs> like, has like that classic coffee flavor that people are expecting. They're not going to be surprised by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a bit yeah. sweeter of a lager, which people do like around here. Company lager is quite popular yeah. in Lighthouse. So. No, it's definitely a, well, like at the same time, Breakside had come out with one too, and people were going bananas. Coffee for lager, yeah. Vienna coffee mm. lager, and it was again, it was a brilliant beer. It was good. It mm -hmm. wasn't too dissimilar from this. No, it wasn't. I don't think it was as sweet. I just remember being really, really coffee pungent. I don't know if this is actually that sweet, or if I, it's just the coffee that's making I me feel like it's so I, sweet. I don't. Yeah, I get it's not. Like I get lots of. It's sweet not saccharin, but it yeah. feels yeah. very sweet. Yeah, I get what you mean. Um, it is interesting. I really like lighter beers with coffee. Yeah. yeah. I think yeah. that's heading in the direction of being able to display the coffee better. Yeah. Um, less dominating, like, huge chocolatey notes that are going to sort of swallow that coffee. But, um, but yeah, it is a pretty classic coffee flavor. So yeah. it's like the coffee flavor that does come through isn't very complex or anything no. like yeah. that. It's, yeah. Have you done a golden sour with coffee yet? Yeah. So, actually, in Ooh. two fermenters right now, I have what um, – I should plug right now. Uh, one of the reasons I chose coffee for the ingredient is because coming up in two weeks, or a little bit, yeah, just a few, bit over two weeks on February 23rd is Hotwired in Vancouver. Yeah. It's one of the biggest coffee and beer festivals anywhere, I think. There's a ton of great coffee roasters mm -hmm. there. There are a ton of great uh, BC and even a mm -hmm. couple of US breweries that are gonna be there. And every brewery has done a collaboration. Mm -hmm. With a That's coffee awesome. roaster, so um, we're lucky here because um, what are you guys doing with? Uh, we're doing it with bows and arrows. Our names, uh, right? They're they're not even going to be at the festival, but we're going to bring the beer made with it. So That's awesome. what I've done right now is I've got two like medium sized batches going. They're both golden sour. Mm -hmm. One half is aging on cascara, which is the fruit from uh, or the, you call it the cherry, right? Yeah, um, from the coffee that the coffee beans from, and then the other half is aging on African coffee worka, which is yeah, from Ethiopian worka. Yeah, or Ethiopia. And one of the reasons we we were talking with them next door about it was that it's got like some cool bergamot and violet type aromas and flavors to it. So I thought it might 
it might not be as classic coffee and might be a little bit more subtle and interesting. Yeah, and you were saying it's with a sour too. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's, you know, I, w- I would prefer an Ethiopian coffee, especially that Ethiopian worker, to be paired with something that was like a little bit more sour yeah. and brighter and because it is a floral, sweet, fruity yeah. coffee. But I guess that's yeah. why it, classically people have been pairing dark roasted coffee with stouts because mm-hmm. – um, it's the same process that happens in a coffee bean as happens when you're roasting malt. Right. It's the same Maillard or some people say Maillard reaction that happens. It's basically the browning of the sugars. Yeah. It's not caramelization. It's the Maillard reaction. Yeah. So it's the exact same reaction that happens in a coffee bean when you're roasting it as happens in malt. So they're, the, they're technically kind of the same flavor. And so you're just layering uh-huh. that flavor on another flavor. That's cool. yeah. Same process happens when you roast a steak. Exactly. Or fry a steak. Or fry a steak. <laughs> yeah. So when you say it's aging, you mean on the actual beans? Yes. So you don't like so extract that, first and then. No. So um, people do have different methods. I haven't figured out. I haven't. I've been working with coffee for a little while. My previous brewery, we used to make an espresso vanilla stout, and my method there, which I found I got the most aroma and bang for my buck was straight uh, dry beaning. Oh, okay. uh, uh, basically, the way you would dry hop an IPA, yeah. I take the beans uh. and put them straight into the into like um, done fermenting beer. Okay. And I find you get all of the aroma, especially the fresher the roast, the better. Mm-hmm. Cool. And with bows and arrows, I'm able to take it on Saturdays when they're roasting directly from the roaster and put it into oh, the beer, which is... Don't get fresh no, um, but I, I don't know. So this is made in a different way, but I don't think mm-hmm. this like this hits coffee as well. Mm-hmm. And this is done by taking cold brew and blending it with finished beer. So I think the Category Twelve one is cold brew as well. Their excitation. I think that's the easiest. Yeah. Um, a long time ago, people would throw the coffee grounds or the beans like into the the mash or like into the end of the boil. Mm-hmm. But people have gotten a lot smarter because that's just ridiculous. You wouldn't pour boiling water on coffee. Well, no, no. <laughs> yeah. you don't pour boiling water on coffee. You don't. No. Well, but we don't. You, well, yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't. Yeah, you shouldn't. And so, why would you do that with beer? You're basically taking the most bitterest form of coffee and putting it into your beer. So yeah. that's why I think the cold brew is an easy way to get that flavor of that cold brew. And when you're blending, you can just say like. You can blend it before you do the final blend. So you can pull out a liter from the tank, take like a couple of mils of the cold brew, mm-hmm. dose it, mm-hmm. taste it, and then you can kind of like play with your ratios from oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's an so. interesting way of doing it. And, yeah. And doing cold brew is a lot easier as well than brewing hot. Yeah. Um, cold brew, you leave to sit for an extended period of time, you know. Yeah. It's cold water, so it takes longer to extract. Mm-hmm. So, you know, less room for error. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Using hot water and trying to extract something perfectly, I mean... We're over at Bose with scales and timers and everything, yeah. trying to nail down these these extractions, and that would be an absolute nightmare for someone that's already a fully operational brewery yeah. to you know have a bunch of scales that would try <laughs> to do a massive pour over. Yeah, yeah. is there a more up level of caffeine in cold brew too? Uh, there can be because of the extended time that it is sitting on the beans, um, but because it is cold water, it takes longer to extract. 
So, yeah. But a lot of times cold brew is associated with higher caffeine content because it is concentrated. Mm. I've also heard some people, it was a local brewery, claimed that because they did it with cold brew, it was technically decaffeinated. And I was like, what? That is far from the truth. Okay. Okay. There is incorrect. There is a great uh, semi local decaffeination station over in Burnaby run by some ladies called Swiss Water Process. And they are kicking ass and they make some delicious decaf coffee, and that's what we use. Oh, really? That's what most. Uh, you know, local maybe I'll come by and get a decaffeinated coffee. Yeah, it's <laughs> delicious. Sweet. Good. Nice. Cool. Well, that's our lighthouse coffee lager and a little yeah. excerpt <laughs> on cold brewing. And sure. Um. So you said cold brew is slightly more concentrated. So you're using more beans per mill yeah. of water type thing. Well, it depends on what what you want to do with it. Um, yeah. You can. You can make cold brew to be just as strong as a regular cup of coffee, um, but what's often really popular is making. Go for it! Oh, what a sound! I know. <laughs> right into the mic. But what's great is making a making a concentrate that you can do something else with. Mm. So a lot of people make concentrates and then dilute it with whatever you want: water, carbonated water, etc. And you can have like. You can have a bottle, you can have a can, you can have it mixed with other things. You know, you can have your kombucha cold brew or what have you. Yeah. And better control the amount that you add into it. Just as you were saying, adding cold brew into the coffee afterwards. And like you can, you know, put some into your glass, taste it. Okay, it's not quite enough. Boom, do the ratio better. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Um, so we just opened our second beer. Brian, what did you bring us? I brought us the... Modern Times Black House Coffee Roasty Stout, as they call it. Well, those are three descriptors. I don't <laughs> think that's the beer it's name. Like, uh, <laughs> that's right yeah, that is actually, I think it's the smartest label it's, it's ever. Yeah. Well, yeah. Black House is, is theory. It is their descriptor. But that's how they usually do the presentation and their marketing. And um, The great thing, uh, the cool great thing about uh, Modern Times is that they do all their coffee roasting in-house. They have their own house roastery. They sell their and they have a cafe attached to their main. I've been there. Yes. Yeah. It's a great spot. I was gonna say one thing I didn't like about the last beer that we had is it says on here it's locally roasted. It doesn't say. I was looking for that. It doesn't really say. Small batch cold brew coffee, but does not state where the coffee. I know that for sure. When they first brewed it, it was brewed with Discovery coffee, but they since dropped that from the label. So I don't know what they've decided to do. Maybe. The is batch size has gone too big, or yeah, uh, or is it maybe actually the place called Small Batch? Or? Who does Hoyne hey, Brew? I've never heard of that. Because that would be, I guess, two percent jazz. Hoyne Brew is two percent. Yeah, two percent jazz. Hoyne is two percent. Comleche used to be Post Narrows too. We're not allowed to discuss that, so just shut your mouth. You dirty, dirty Australian criminal. That's pretty good, though. It is. Which one? Comleche. It is oh, yeah. good beer. Yeah, it's. I love that one. I, I think it's one. Of my, they do dark beers really great. I mean, they're. they're I was waiting for someone friends. to bring a Comleche tonight. I almost did. I had a barrel aged one at home. We're saving Jeez. them all at home. That's right. <laughs> Everyone's got a couple in the fridge right now. No, I'm not wasting that. Um, so this one right off the bat seems a little bit less fresh. Yeah. Like, I mean, in terms of the coffee. Yeah, this has got some age on it. It's, it's got some I've age. I've had this so. in the fridge since I've had it, but it's been. Since you've had the fridge? Since I've yeah. had the oh, beer. Yeah. And it's still maybe a <coughs> not as coffee as we would want it to be, unfortunately. No, it's no. it's stout. Yeah, it's oh. got those molasses yeah. flavors yeah. going on. 
In fact, I don't get a lot of coffee other than mm-hmm. you would kind of normally get from a. Uh, it usually is a, a bit stout. drier, but yeah, it's not as coffee esque. The I noticed the the nose on it wasn't very um, formidable as the uh, the night watch was when we first cracked it. So yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I hear some but, people say like when you're aging beers, like if it's a coffee beer, don't age it. Anything with an but adjunct. There's in just it. people on like rate beer and stuff, and they talk a lot of shit. So. I agree. There's no scientific evidence. So like, no. oh, the coffee oxidizes before the beer. I'm like, oh yeah, okay. But it could be like um, in an IPA where hops. it's the hops that would go mm-hmm. first, and it's so. those essential oils that are in the hops, mm-hmm. and a lot of the flavor and aroma mm-hmm. of coffee is oil, right? Yeah. They go so. off or rancid, or they just dissipate. Yeah, you don't have people like storing coffee in no. their cupboards. You know, I'm gonna save this batch yeah. I brewed like for a special day next mm-hmm. year. No, yeah. it's, it's a drink fresh product for sure, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Who's Sandra? What about I don't know, but she would, she would keep it. Yeah, she would do that. her and Karen. It, what she... about the barrel aged coffees though? Barrel aged coffees. What's your view on that? I don't know. No, thank you. So they, they do this. So this yeah. is my. I had this question. Um, mm. Do you think they barrel age the green beans or do they barrel age roasted beans? It would have to be roasted beans if you're trying to extract yeah. that flavor. But they're okay. also they also put liquid in the barrels, don't they? I don't think so. I think so. I think, oh, think I think so? how I was reading something where they it's not bourbon itself, but in the bourbon barrels they would put liquid and they'd rotate it through mm. and then re-dry them or something like so that. So my assumption there is that it's gonna be roasted coffee inside of the barrel mm-hmm. with water. And then they're like slowly extracting, uh, and then rolling the barrels. It's yeah, the yeah. slowest cold brew you could possibly do. Like no huh. coffee grinding whatsoever. Yeah, and just yeah. I think that's because that's what someone was or some somewhere I read was talking about that end. I it made a, sense because you have all the beans in the middle and nothing's touching the wood, and you basically have to rotate it around. The, yeah. the water would essentially soak through the wood and. I, I heard an interview with, um, I think it was the founder of Modern Tomatoes who was saying that they had started to get really good results from the beer that went in after that. Uh, so mm-hmm. they were barrel, they're barrel aging their coffee beans in those barrels and then using them again and they were getting amazing coffee flavor yeah. from the stout that went in after the coffee beans. See, that sounds, that sounds like it would work because yeah. you're like staining the inside of the barrel yeah. and it's yeah. all soaking right. into mm-hmm. that first like it would make quarter sense, inch yeah. or yeah. whatever. It's like doing it with maple syrup barrels. Yep. Like we are. Because they also make a beer yeah. that's made with the beans that they aged in the bottom. barrels. City, <laughs> City of the Dead. I know, right? Yeah. I like the label on that one. I actually City got of the a bag says, of their bourbon. Read the back. You're like, that's all it says. You yeah. turn it around like, oh. A lot of their special releases are coming out like that now, too. Just yeah. either, If they don't say it, they have a special, like, on their new ones, there's a special release, they'll have a big, like, banner right at the bottom here yeah. but instead they'll just say read the back because because it's a good way to make you pick it off the shelf mm-hmm. as well like oh it's in my hand now yeah well, i'll get it yeah, yeah. also I'm, I've, I've been a fan of modern times for a while now mm. they're they're good they're pretty yeah. solid they're amazing some movie. of their fruitier beers mm-hmm. are a lot of fun yep I think, what's that guava one that they have uh, that's the fruit lance fruit yeah, lance gosa yeah. yeah so yeah, good i'm not over that beer yet no. still it's great. <laughs> even their fortunate islands like their wheat tropical yeah like when it's fresh i love that yeah even like even at six months, it's still like really nice beer to crush and drink. 
So you're just like storing shit in your fridge? No, I'm not storing. I'm not storing my fridge, but I'm just talking up, you know, because they're one of my guys right now. So yeah, I know what you you like to hawk your wares on this program. (laughs) I went to uh, that's the pot calling the kettle black right there. If you find those cans cans on the shelf and they're six months old, don't sleep on it. Don't sleep on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Says milkshake. Don't sleep on it. Tell your (laughs) tell your liquor store manager to order more. Yeah, order more. He's gonna come and get it. Actually, we had that issue at. Uh, Nanus had a oh what's it called it's a liquor store great beer Cascadia Cascadia. Cascadia. the new one one, there the one opened up in Nanus and there's a whole bunch of coffee nerds in Nanaimo we got like a group of dudes that are really into it Hmm. and gals dudes and gals and all in betweens I mean dudes uh, are tight yeah people are great and uh, so (laughs) we would like we would buy them out of their stock of certain beers that they would get in and there was a few people that would actually get calls from Cascadia ahead of time be like hey we've got this new one in from blah 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 (laughs) Like, okay, we'll take a case. Like, we'll take the whole thing. Like, That's all we got. Sir, we're taking it. Yeah. Yeah. We yeah. had a buddy that would like go in and give them advice and be like, hey, you should order more of this one mm-hmm. and this yeah. one and this one. Bring in more twin sales. Bring in some of this. When mm-hmm. they first opened, mm-hmm. uh, he brought in like five or six different cascades mm-hmm. and they sold out a case of each and he had to bring in more. Like, Oof. The people up in the New Bay really buy beer. Yeah, they do. Yeah, absolutely. There's a good reason. Starved of good beer. Is it the guys so or the gals? Uh, it's it's the everybody. Everybody. Everybody drinks beer. Everybody. You know who drinks coffee? Mm. Everybody. Everybody. Yeah. Well, not everybody. I have some friends who don't like coffee at all. And they're yeah. beer nerds too. It's yeah, weird. I uh, I never yeah, drug. I never drank coffee for the longest time, and then uh, even well into university, I just didn't like it. And then I got a job working at a cafe, and I was able to pull my own fresh espresso, and I thought, this yeah. is the greatest thing ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I, I had only thought of coffee as commodity coffee. I hadn't thought of it as anything nicer than that. One uh, fun thing you can do with coffee here in Victoria, especially with Bows and Arrows Espresso Hathaway, is when I used to work at a restaurant uh, in Chinatown, we would make espresso, and then there was a ice cream place in Fantan Alley called Kid Sister, and they make one of the best salted caramel ice creams. So we would have our bartenders, they would make us an espresso and then dump a little scoop of that ice cream in there, and it is bloody Isn't that called affogato or something? I guess affogato, I guess, yeah. But nonetheless, it is still delicious, whatever it's called. It is a delicacy. Yeah, it's lovely. He makes wonderful ice cream too, so don't sleep on his ice cream. I wouldn't we just use anyone's uh, ice cream. No. We, we <laughs> I mean, it all depends on the night, right? <laughs> during, the, during the spring and summer, we use parachute ice cream. Right. Because they're pretty close mm-hmm. by. Yeah. Just down the, just down the they way. They do there. a lot of vegan ice creams, okay. too. Yeah, absolutely. Some interesting um, I am now... Too, I think. Ooh. I'm now pouring a nice beer. Brian, what did you bring us? Uh, I also brought something I got in Seattle a couple of weeks ago. Uh, beer from Block 15 down in Oregon. And it is a stout uh, done with cold brew coffee. Can I see? Yeah. More cold brew. More cold yeah. brew. Mm-hmm. Cold brew coffee added. Whereabouts in Oregon? Uh, they're yeah. just south of Portland, I believe. Let me just talk. So this is an entirely... This reminds oh, yeah. me of some of my coffee beers mm-hmm. um, in that mm-hmm. I get almost like a red pepper spice yeah. from the bean. Do you remember? Yeah, it's a lot zestier. It's yeah. got that like orangey almost. The... 
Yeah, it's got one. Yeah. Yeah. Like green yeah. peppercorny. Exactly. I get, yeah, like Thai green pepper. Like it almost feels like it's going to be spicy. Huh. So this is used in collaboration with uh, Bespoken Coffee Roasters. Do you know them very well? I've heard of them, yeah. Can you give us a little quick background? No? Absolutely. You're done. Seattle's got got a lot of great coffee roasters. Oh, these guys are down in Corvallis, Oregon. Corvallis, Oregon. So I'm not sure where the roaster is. Yeah. Yeah. I think Hearts out of Oregon? Hearts out of Portland. And yeah, yeah, Hearts out of Portland. Portland, Oregon. What's the big one that goes in like all the big coffee Stumptown? No, they put it in the Goose Island one. They're next door to Goose Island. Goose Island's in Chicago. No, no, I'm just saying in in the US. Oh, Oh, yeah. yeah. I forget the name, but... Oh, they made a, um, they did a collaboration with like a metal band and stuff too. Yeah. Yeah, I I forget what the name is. Seattle's best thing. (laughs) (laughs) They make the best stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Every office I work at has that. I'm like, oh, okay. This is so different. Um, the the aroma I thought was much more interesting. Yeah, there yeah. there was a complex coffee aroma to it, instead of it's that just like dumb. one note. But um, it's almost like drinking a cup of coffee. It is almost like a coffee. Like I'm not getting what well right on the right on the front here. Stout ale with coffee added. So this is a lot of times you get like obviously the Black House is a stout too, but a lot of stouts are imperial or a bit higher and yeah. higher up on the uh, sugar train there. So. This one is, I think, a bit lighter. What's the ABV What's on that one? So right at the bottom. Is... I can't even read it. 1.7. No, 7. 1.7. <laughs> 7. 7. 7. 7%. 7%. So it's yeah, still 7. a bit high, okay. but... It's also got a nice low level of carbonation. Like, it's drinking quite flat, which it helps it kind of taste like coffee. That aroma's really I really like awesome. that they've listed the uh, the coffee and where it's from. It's Guatemalan oh. Los Cedros. Okay. Beans. Yeah. Caramel roast, character with notes of cacao nibs and candy cherries. Yeah. I'm definitely feeling that mm-hmm. right now. I get a lot of that cocoa. Like the main flavor I get is like a flat cocoa. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, the candy cherry, like that maraschino cherry, mm-hmm. it's really nice. But the spiciness yeah. is just. Yeah, that like almost that like raw so, bite. So this is a, 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 a. I don't know if it's a problem, but the way I've been using coffee and brewing, I'm getting a lot of green and red pepper flavors from it and i'm not it must be the way i'm using it but especially when i've been adding it to the sour so the worker right now that's down in the fermenter mm-hmm. is smelling quite like green peppery as well okay. the flavor is awesome are you using are you using whole beans yeah okay so whole beans and you've got not on the boiler or anything like that it's no no just, just so in there we've got a low ph environment because it's a golden sour it's got alcohol at about five percent so the alcohol is going to act as a solvent yeah totally um to extract and then it's almost like a slow cold brew because but it's at room temp yeah that's interesting sometimes uh i'll i'll experience some of those green tea kind of spicier notes the red pepperiness sometimes in like an under extracted coffee okay so I don't know if that would be the cause of that. Um, I'm wondering if I should grind them more when I'm huh. doing it, but I just don't want to do a bad job of grinding them. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I'm just I don't know a lot about beer brewing. I know a little bit. I spent a little bit of time working in a brewery, huh. but if there was a way to to have fairly coarsely ground coffee yeah. that you could almost run the beer through at a slow rate, 
mm. so that it more so just like passes through it instead of really steeps in it. Can yeah, you mill the coffee time. the same way you mill the uh, grain? Because you, in your grain, you're, you're not doing a fine mill, right? Exactly. But we, And we can adjust the yeah. mill gap yeah. on, on our mill. Because you yeah. prefer to have a more coarser grain when you mash in, right? Uh, well, in. it depends on the malt that you're milling. Uh, but yeah, you, you basically just want to crack, o- mm-hmm. crack it open because... Um, for beer brewing, you want the husk of the grain to act as the filter bed, mm-hmm. so you don't want to turn it into flour. You yeah. want to just crack it open so that you can ex- convert all the, the starches mm-hmm. into sugar, but mm-hmm. keep as much of that um, outside intact as possible. Maybe, but yeah, we maybe. could adjust our mill, and uh, I mean, we have a homebrew mill as well. We could just run the coffee beans through a homebrew mill, and yeah, just like, like really, lightly really crack them one. Yeah, yeah, that's we a really good idea. More surface area. The only thing I think we might do though is you probably get more oil out of it that you might not want. Yeah, you definitely will have that, especially with with fresh coffee. Yeah. You'll notice older coffee when it sits inside of grinders and whatnot, you see that oily film mm-hmm. on the grinder, on the beans, and they're shiny. Yeah. It's like they've been sitting there for a long time, and all those oils that are inside of the coffee have, you know... Risen up? Yeah, gotten to the okay. surface of the coffee. That's the sign of a rancid. Mm. No longer good. It's been sitting too long. Okay. Coffee. Or it's been roasted to shit, so... What's your, um, it, sorry, go ahead. If you roast it too long, it gets too oily, right? If you roast it a long time, you're essentially going to like, all that moisture, all that fun stuff that's inside of the coffee that you sort of want to keep inside of it. It's like, it's like cooking a turkey or something mm-hmm. like that, right? Yeah. So you don't want to like overcook it or dries the hell out of it and all the, all the juices and everything just like, they, they get evaporated out, they fall into the pan and you're left with this dry fucking turkey leg. So you don't want to roast it too long to make that happen, but you don't want to under roast it either, where the inside hasn't had time to like cook properly, and it's like mm. you, don't want, you don't want pink turkey. No, nope. And it's gonna, I mean, not quite the same principle, but yeah. That makes sense, though. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nice. Intelligentsia is who I was thinking of. They have coffee beers with like everybody. Ah, yeah. uh, okay. Everyone uses them. It's crazy. Intelligentsia. They're pretty big and cool right now, but they are. Now. Big. Being from the UK, coffee mm-hmm. to me is like a whole new world, right? Because we drink tea. Yeah. <laughs> when I was a kid, my mum yeah. would drink coffee, and it would come out of like a Nescafe thing, and it would be granulated. Yeah. If Instant I drank a coffee. Cu- yeah. Oh, yeah. God, that stuff is disgusting. It's it scares me when I look at it. I'm like, this is something that people it's put in their bodies. It's a huge market. Oh, yeah. yeah. But yeah. even here? Really? No. Uh, in oh. Asia. Uh. <laughs> well, you know, it's big in a lot of places. Out here, not too, too popular. Yeah. I've definitely had some labor jobs in the past mm. where there's always a big uh. jug of that in the, in the mm. cupboard we can use. But uh, it's not really high-quality coffee yes. by any means. Yeah. They actually generally use Robusta coffee instead of Arabica. Right. Pretty much well, no. Everything you see in the specialty coffee industry is going to be Arabica coffee. What's right. the difference? Um, where? <laughs> what's the difference? Uh, the two different strains of coffee. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, Robusta is is a really high caffeine content, but the flavor of Robusta coffee is pretty foul. It's gonna be like uh, dusty and woody. Just like gross for the Is most it part. Kind of like a GMO product, like something they're just trying to mass no. produce. No, it's not. It's no. actual natural product. Well, I mean, like definitely, there is some GMO help in the coffee industry in general, um, just to make sure that certain strains of coffee stay alive and survive and thrive in certain mm-hmm. areas. Because you know, like any food product, you got to battle disease and bugs and everything like that. But robusta coffee, because it's high in caffeine, um, 
it's used in instant coffee, so it's grown on mass scale. Quality does not matter. Mm. It's harvested by machines, and then it's you know turned into granulated mm. instant coffee, high caffeine content, so you don't need to use a lot of it. Yeah, super super cheap because nobody gives a shit about it. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Is it like more pounds per acre or something as well for Robusta? Or I don't know that. Yeah. Like off the top yeah. of my head, I would assume it's a it's the same, but uh, but I could be wrong. But yeah, just because you don't like one of the big things in the specialty world is worrying about the quality of the coffee that you're getting. So if you don't have to worry about the quality of it, well, you can grow it any way you like. Yeah. And just strip those plants of every type of fruit they got, ripe, unripe, doesn't matter. Yeah, it's funny because as uh, a lay coffee person, robusta sounds better. Yeah, <laughs> I feel yeah. like if I was like looking at a shelf of two coffees, like this one says robusta, this one says arabica. I don't know, robusta sounds good. Robusta, <laughs> yeah. robust. Is I like big. robust. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And that gets into that whole commodity coffee turn of phrase and like the whole dark roast movement, you know, started by like you know diners and in the initial introduction of coffee. You know, big bold flavors. And I'm gonna say, I'm not, sorry, I'm not gonna lie. I, mm-hmm. I dirty cup of coffee in the diner that was like got a little piece of my heart. Man, I'm with you. My heart lives in the diner as well sometimes, and I'm yeah. like, it's a free <laughs> refill. Well, hell, I'll take two. Mm-hmm. But you know, uh, the commodity side of coffee is really making coffee in completely unsustainable market, mm-hmm. which is probably the saddest part about the coffee truth. Is yeah. that we are not working in a sustainable environment? It is unsustainable, mm-hmm. and the best that we can do is prolong it and make it as ethical as possible. Yeah, but uh, it's become too popular. I okay. didn't really see a proper coffee shop until I was probably like eighteen, I think. Yeah. Um, before that, like you go to a cafe, mm-hmm. and they wouldn't have. It'd be cheap ground coffee that you'd like pre-ground, and you'd have like the choice of like coffee or milky coffee which i guess is kind of like a latte i saw that for the first time i went to london and i actually i was at a starbucks they were like would you like a black coffee or a white coffee and i was like excuse me can i have a neutral coffee (laughs) no with milk or without oh okay i guess so they'll put the milk in for you they do the milk for you yeah if you're getting real fancy you'd have a frothy coffee frothy coffee so they'd obviously (laughs) make it into a bit of a cappuccino yeah sure but yeah, like even now, like Starbucks isn't like completely dominating. Like over here, there's a lot of Costa coffees and stuff. Yep. They got their own thing going on. Yeah, Costa is the big one there, isn't it? It is, yeah. I think. Yeah, which is weird, considering it's Starbucks everywhere all the time here. Yeah, crazy. Um, we are now going into our I can't even count now fourth <laughs> coffee beer. Is this our first 750 on the ship? Sure. That's the yes. We'll call it. Yeah. It's a big bottle. It is a big bottle. A big um, bottle. We should say thank you to Ed because he brought in something nice. He brought in something that not everyone can Sorry, get. Sorry, yours was nice too. No, no, but he brought in something that not everybody can get. Yeah. Dude, we didn't even this really is... get to talk about this last one too much, but it was just really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, just what'd, to, you, what'd to, you bring us? This is a Strange Fellows Fellowship Club exclusive beer. It's Boris Arabica. Um, it's... I uh, wanted Robusta! <laughs> God damn it. So you should do a Robusta beer just for the hell of it. I did not want it. Trust me. Can you do like a Robusta lager or something sure. like that? Oh my, do not. Yeah. <laughs> just see it like adding the Nescafe in the top. Yeah. Of the... Yeah, we'll brew it in the drain. 
It'll be great, yeah. In the toilet? Yeah, exactly. Okay, sorry. Go sorry, ahead. Ed. Pretty, it doesn't really say on this one, but they brewed this in 2015. They barrel-aged it for a year. Mm. Um, and then I'm not sure if they aged it on or infused it Whoa. with coffee beans, but... I've had this since about twenty. But this is a board, this is imperial stout. Yeah, so it's an imperial stout, like rain at nine percent, and um, it's got like smoke, smoky mm-hmm. malt thing going on in the base beer. The aroma reminds me of like that. Flanders Red. I was just gonna it's say, like, like hey, the first hey, thing hey. I get from this is cherry. Yeah, it's right. it's, it's heavy cherry. Is there bread? They they aged they this in oak brewing barrels probably. Just check the details on it. Wow, I, it it's was great. full um, cherry balsamic on like, the nose. Now I'm getting an stingy smoke. One of the other ones I've got is their Nocturnum Peat too. Dark mm-hmm. IPA. They aged oh, but in. no, not at all. Hmm? Sorry, I was oh. afraid that oh. <laughs> I was slightly afraid that this might be like sour, but it's not at all. No. It, was, it was just that aroma. It it's was, got some. Yeah, it's it smelled like cherries. Yeah, it smelled like you're right. Exactly. You know, or Flanders Red. I, I think you nailed it, though, with that balsamic. It does have some of that tang mm. to it. It's really nice. Oh, Gotta actually, the they tang. have a bourbon barrel. Gotta Gotta have have red wine barrel. Ooh, oh, there we go. Okay, there we go. There's our freebies. This is a gorgeous oh. beer. It's, yeah, un- it's a lot of fun. I'm it's unlike so- a, a lot of Imperial Stouts I've ever had. Oh, no, I would not even assume this was an Imperial Stout if someone gave mm. this to me. Color-wise, maybe, but if right. someone gave me a blind taste test, I wouldn't have guessed that. Yeah. It's the alcohol 9%. So it was blended with uh, different coffee varietals until they settled on Arabica beans. So I guess they... <laughs> so, <laughs> right? Arabica, as he just told they us, is a wine. <laughs> they settled. That's, that's the language on their website. They're a bunch but... of strange <laughs> guys yeah. over there, you know? See, this is why we need people like you to help us brewers, yeah, you know, yeah. with coffee. It's good. you got to help me out, man. I just yeah. drink beer because it tastes good. Yeah, <laughs> i got to know what's going on. This well, is really interesting. The finish is no. quite smoky. We're opening yeah. It's really peaty. They do use peat malt in it, I heard. So. Oh, okay. That's yeah. awesome. It, yeah, it, it tastes, came through a lot. It's like a scotch almost. It's a real juxtaposition from your first smell and sip. That's four ones. Yes. In fact, this the aroma now is like mellowed from that mm-hmm. initial burst of that red mm-hmm. wine character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have a, another one from this. It was the 2015, well, 2016, 2015 fellowship. It's their dark IPA, and they aged it for, a, I think it's a year, in red wine barrels with Brett, and then they dry hopped it with Galaxy. I'm like, oh, one could be pretty interesting, but now it's a couple years old. I wonder how the hops are doing, so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we'll have to have a bottle share and yeah. do this wow. one. This one's impressive. Um, what, what do you think about the coffee in this beer, though? Pretty much unnoticeable. Yeah, yeah. That, that's the only thing I would say is that There's I'm so not getting a lot of coffee. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah, it's coffee association, though. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's an imperial stout. <laughs> it should yeah. have, you know. For it being called Arabica, though, they, they did too many things to it, I think, too. Well, I really call it Arabica. Yeah, I remember trying it. For, oh, sorry. I didn't, no, 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 it's okay. It's just like, yeah, it's not really stated that. Yeah. Like, or it's Ravica. It says it on the front, but it's not like a huge selling feature of it. Well, well it, they, it's they, not you a selling... have to like sign up to get these. Yeah. To join this. Yeah, it's not even for sale. Can't yeah, yeah you can't buy it. Anymore. Oh, sheesh. Yeah. Yeah. This is something you'll never be able to have again. Unless you have a friend who is part of the club. the t shirt. Whoa! He's got the t shirt. Oh, yeah. Give me a game. Nice. One more time. Nice. Superman style. Yeah, I don't think that they like Hockey overstate <laughs> coffee on it, though. Like, they state Boris Arabica. Yeah. But it's, you know, they don't brag about this huge coffee mm-hmm. flavor. They're more showing off all the other parts of the beer as well. This is just a part of its complexity. That's fair. I remember trying this when it was fresh, and there was a lot more coffee character to it. 
And the cool thing about this is, like, you join this and it's like, I can't remember how much, it was in the hundreds of dollars, so. And you get two bottles, and the idea is, you know, you drink one now, you save one, and see how the character changes. Sure. Which is a cool idea. Oh, absolutely. Sometimes it works, sometimes. I've had some things I pulled out of myself, I'm like, this is going to be fantastic. Oh, God damn it. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but that's that's part of the fun. I yeah. love when people do that with uh, with cask nights as well. Oh. And, yeah. like, some people for cask nights, they'll, like, They'll try their hardest and they'll try to make the coolest tasting beers and other people just throw some shit in there and they yep. don't care yeah and i honestly prefer those mm -hmm. i heard yeah. i heard about one out in um uh cumberland and they were doing a cask night somewhere and they did like a wasabi cask and right off the bat i'm like that sounds like a terrible idea mm -hmm. and everyone was like it was terrible it was a bad beer it tasted bad it tasted like wasabi spicy fucking weird and everybody had at least one beer that night of the wasabi beer. Yeah, you gotta try it. <laughs> because you gotta know. You gotta try it. You gotta know what it tastes. White Sales Brewery did a, uh, they did a habanero CDA that they actually released as a Their CDA is like good too. And they did one cast Award night. Me. Yeah. They did a cast night of their wit beer, but with habanero. Mm. And so they let this cask sit with full habaneros sliced up in the bottom of it and it was the spiciest beer I've ever had in my life and I loved it because finally someone had produced a spicy beer that was like punch me in the fucking face spicy like I drank half of it about as fast as I could cried a little bit and then got it topped up with regular wit beer to dilute the thing so you I got some of those lactose it. beers to kind of kill a kill oh, the spice man. Eh? it was brutal but I was like hey at least it's you know we had, we had a night like that the other night where we did the same thing like you were saying with the wasabi beer mm -hmm. something you've got to try we opened a the truffle beer remember the truffle beer we had uh, yeah yes. like I, we want to try it and we all tried it and I'm like wow this is different. <laughs> it, the truffle, the aroma was just so overpowering. It was like me. it was earthy, and then it was like soy sauce. It yeah, it smelled like. Mm -hmm. That being said, the white miso one they did. It was good. Oh, I haven't had it yet. The other day, it was like really smooth and like. It's got like an umami quality, mm -hmm. but it's it's not nice. Punch in your face. Yeah, yeah. I had a yeah. kimchi well, one not too long ago. Oh, really? Yeah, that Where's was unfortunate. Kimchi beer. Not to say. Yeah. Okay. Wow. Yeah, it was a kimchi beer, and uh, <laughs> you know, it tasted like sour salted cabbage and mm. hot trash. Yeah. 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 But okay. you know, Actually, that's Friday night. <laughs> it's interesting. Speaking of cast nights, yeah. we should mention there is one coming up for Victoria Beer Week in early March, right? So yeah, that's cool. Sure. Next month, Saturday. Can I give casks. a tiny opinion? Mm -hmm. If you like. Yeah. What's your opinion on casks, Stefan? I hate casks. Okay. Uh, really? Uh, I just hate them. Hate is a strong no, word. Now, here's a question. It is a strong the, word. Do you hate yeah. casks as of the new way of casks? Or do you so hate this, casks in general? I think it's because I've been studying beer for too long and brewing beer for too long. Like, I'm not opposed to casks if they're done in the British tradition. Yeah. Where if they're in a cellar and they're, you know, manned by a publican who takes care of them and, you know, cleans the lines and, and you know, pumps them mm -hmm. up to his taps, the cask is a great way to, like, add subtle flavor and finishing to a beer. Mm -hmm. Um, what I, what I'm less fond of, maybe hate is a strong word, is um, <laughs> brewers dumping their compost pile into their fucking casks, yeah. and then you take it to a cask night and you pour it without CO2 mm -hmm. and without ice, so that it's a warm, flat, rotten, rotten compost pile of a beer. So I'm sorry, and, but people have this thing like, oh well, it lets the brewers be creative, like. Does not get a pilot it. system. Brew it on a pilot system and serve it off CO two. Yeah. I'd much rather have the brewers, the 
I wish the I'm not. It's not the brewers' fault. I wish the brewers were being let to brew on the pilot system these things than to stick it in a dirty cask. Yeah, and that's yeah. it. That's I a, agree that's with a fair you. Opinion. Yeah. yeah. Um, I I still I still like the the idea of a cast night. It's fun. And like yeah, the the base of what you're saying, which is letting them letting them play, add some subtle flavors, mm-hmm. pump it through a better fucking system, yeah. so it doesn't suck so much. Well, that's it. Like well, there's certain the end- pubs that have cask nights here, and like an hour in, it's like flat and warm and you're like oh i remember one night i had one that was like incredibly good and i just couldn't have a second because it was just that flat and that warm yeah. right well yeah. it, it shows the direction of the industry right now because like a few breweries had like name our next cast kind of competition and like yeah. all the casks the, the five some of the breweries narrowed it down to were like sangria cask and Coffee, something else, and like mm-hmm. like cereal cask, and it was just like mention a style, right? It's a flavor. Yeah. It's a flavor. Yeah. It's just when did beer have flavors? And generally, the brewers like <laughs> it's whatever tank is available yeah. that day to like steal off of. Right. So it's not like a beer that's been designed purposefully mm-hmm. from like a recipe to True. execution. It's like, oh man, we've got a tank like. That's right before it's going to go to bright of stout. We're going to stick that in a cask with something, right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that, that's it. And so for me, it, it's here at least it's taken on a completely different meaning. There's a yeah. gentleman who would, really has, did yeah. casks well in Vancouver for a couple of years. Like British style cask ales? Was, it was called Real Cask. It was uh, old. Adam. Ca- uh, yes. Adam Chapman, yeah. He See? Used to, and that's totally different. He then. actually gave me, God bless his heart, a cask of his mild for my wedding. Nice. And Mild's was, a great beer to put through a cask, yeah. right? And he was big out of it on bringing cask beer back, but he was like, I'm going to do mild, ESB, and then he had sometimes a darker beer, depending on what he was doing at the time. People would bug him to do, like, IPAs. People would bug him to do, um, let's see, what's the other big one for a cask? Um, no. Um, ESBs? No. Anyway. Uh, IPAs or in sours people yeah. wanted to be like oh he, and so he did like a couple like he did like a blackberry sour which is really good but he was doing some craziest stuff at the end I remember he was the candy I, cane one stuff and he was just <laughs> like at that point I think he's like hey, well, fuck he, this he, I don't want to play ball anymore he decided not to do it anymore yeah, yeah. He just now he's working at a homebrew place yeah. well no sorry a brew place okay mm-hmm. he was yeah. like a really Probably great a introductory person for me when I had questions I would sit at this bar he'd talk to me about beer just learn about it he's a great person because he thinks that you brew is a thing from what I understood from the article people don't really do it too much anymore they don't yeah that, like, so anyway that's the um, well I first got my start in brewing at you brews mm-hmm. here in Victoria yeah. and there used to be like I'd say like 10 to 12 of them around the city but kind of as craft beer has risen the you brew has kind of dropped off because it yeah. used to be like it was imports or generic mass commodity beer yeah. and so the Ubrew was a place that you could go you could get a great price to brew like better beer but as local craft beer has risen you know people's motivation has slowly gone down and it's like Makes sense. I'm not I'm saving a little bit of money but it's work whereas now the store or the growler fill station is right there you know so and when you do those things you have a, sorry I mean, no, go. you have a massive amount of the same beer too You're yeah like, oh, great yeah. Another one of these. I don't want to have this one I messed up, but I don't want to throw it out. Yeah. I've I've seen some good support, though, from craft breweries with uh, with people that are brewing at home. 
Yeah. Under Nanaimo has one. I think I've seen Victoria have one as well, where like home brewers are invited out to like test out their beers yeah. with a whole bunch of brewers, and if it does well, then they get to display them at a brewery, and that's like that's a great leg mm-hmm. up for yeah. those people. So it's not yeah. it's not dead yet. No, no, is, I wasn't uh, saying home brewing is dead because actually oh, home brewing is doing well. Yeah. It's you yeah. brewing. It's where you do it on premise. Mm-hmm. See, you guh uh, yeah. beer experts. Yeah, <laughs> there's a place that was just right up. Street from here called uh, Bedford Brewing. Or yeah, whatever. And we looked at that out. place back in the day because we were thinking about it as a spot for a brewery because uh, it was a great U brew place. Like the setup was amazing. It's a commissary kitchen now, I think. Yeah, that's exactly Ooh. right. Because oh. they had basically they had um, food service kettles that they used for brewing. Yeah, they had a big mash tun that fed into like six different kettles, yeah. and they could like boil six batches at the same time. Yeah, it was it was great. It was a great. It was like a brewery setup for a U brew. It was and amazing it's perfect for commissary yeah. kitchen. Now, yeah. So. yeah, but even in Victoria, like locally, like most of the homebrew places are gone now. Yeah, we're down to so, one. Yeah. So Just yeah, we've gone down from like a dozen. Yeah, year, the year, one right. Yeah, the Hamilton Homes, Hamilton's, and, that, yeah. and that's it. Yeah, Haskins is gone. Yep. His name? Yeah. Yep. He's gone. The one on Finlayson's gone. So yeah, the one out in Langford's gone. So yeah, those. The Finlayson guy was. Ever, do you ever meet him? Apparently, he was hilarious to deal with. Uh, I know a couple he, people who were there, but yeah, yeah, he was. I mean, he was like an institution for like homebrewing in this town because he would just like not care and like. Yeah, it's anyway. a shame because a lot of craft brewers get their start in homebrew as well, yeah, right? Yeah, 100%. So, uh, you get to test out and get all that out of your system. I think yeah. a bunch of buddies back in Nanaimo that are doing that right yeah. now and taking chances and making some weird beers. and They're flailing a lot, but at least they're trying it out <laughs> yeah. now before mm-hmm. they start tackling something bigger. Before they start yeah. investing money into it. Yeah, no shit, right? Oh, man. The problem is, is that, well, not the problem, but with... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Um, with the advent of like online stores, right? Yeah. So you get better selection online now. So like, if like, as a home, before we opened this place, I was still homebrewing over the last year and a half while we were trying to open it, and I would buy a lot of my ingredients online. I can mm. just these days you get free shipping. You can get it from a central source where they have everything. You buy a lot of you yeast online too. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Yeast yeah. too. Like they have yeast. Um, the one thing I would get from the states was usually hops in bulk. But everything else I could get, like either through Hamilton Hops or one of the big ones, the really good ones, is called Ontario Beer Kegs here in Canada, and they just have an amazing, amazing selection of equipment and ingredients. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's something to be said for like someone who's first getting into homebrew, though, to go and talk to somebody. Yes. Rather than like, I'll have one of those and one yeah. of those, and uh, asking some people on a forum. It's, yeah. You never know if you're getting the right answer. Yeah. yeah. It's daunting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Shall we move on to? Gonna are we going to open this? Oh, I, I've been carving away yeah. slowly. And a nice little divot for yourself. The next one I brought for us, or the last one, I should say, I hope. I, I can't have any more. <laughs> yeah. it's, a, it's a Tuesday <laughs> night. All this coffee, right? You can't have this much coffee in a night. <laughs> I'm going to do all my own. We're sure, but this much coffee? Um, the next one I brought is from uh, a friend who gave it to me from Seattle. It's the uh, barrel-aged... Bomb. That's it. Uh, I would say B bomb. But... It's Super Mario. The bomb. Bomb. B bomb. It's a character. Bubble. Okay. Right. Uh, <laughs> it's Sorry, a. Jesus. It's a barrel aged imperial winter. stout from or winter ale. I guess we it call is. it a winter ale, right? That's right. Sorry. The dark stars. Yeah. The imperial and stout. this one is the coffee cinnamon variant. So it's the coffee cinnamon bomb imperial winter ale with coffee and cinnamon aged in bourbon barrels for a year. 
This or a blend of bourbon. Fresh, right? This one's this, this is fresh. I decided to bring this one because it is fresh, and I think the coffee should be stronger in it. Um, this is yeah. from 2018, so it just came out actually in Seattle a couple of months ago. Is there any uh, reference to the coffee itself or what was used? I'm gonna have a look at that right now. My last few sips of this uh, Fellowship one, I got a yeah. lot of coffee. Off I'm of not it. even close to over that that one right now. The Fellowship that was really tasty. It was and is. But I got a lot of the same like raw coffee bean notes um, and at the end of this beer. After like all the peat was gone and like that red wine was gone, you I could see where like the coffee was coming in a bit more. It's a different coffee flavor though. It's not that robust coffee. It's that like we got the nose of the the this one, the uh, block fifteen. Yeah. That absolutely. was like raw. I'm still thinking about that one just because it was it was so interesting. Mm-hmm. It was hard for me to pinpoint like nice. What was beer flavor and what was coffee flavor, and it's yeah. great. Yeah, really interesting. I think that's where coffee really like is one of the best additives to a, to this product. It's the coffee cinnamon, right? Jesus. Yeah. These the, these have to be my favorite barrel aged beers. Like without. You smell, I didn't smell it. I've got a coconut. I just had a I just had a Oof. little whiff of it, and it oh, is boy. intense. Yeah. Just like camping. Yeah. <laughs> It smells like cake. It smells like a. It does smell like dessert. Yeah. It smells like something. Yeah. God damn it, Fremont. Um, so it says that this special edition of their barrel aged winter ale, um, it's got nine, 12, and 24 month old winter ale in it. So a blend of those. And then they've added okay. um, cold brewed coffee and cinnamon bark to complement it. Okay. Um, Cold brew coffee, very yeah. popular. It is, yeah. Yeah, it looks like what? So hot right now. <laughs> so hot. So hot. Pretty sure it's cold. <laughs> so cold. Right so now. cold right now. Yeah. yeah. It is Victoria, right? Oh man, this it almost smells like coconut to me. Like this is the last one. Like you guys it's wanna have so a cheese rich. Cheese yeah, cheers. Yeah, cheers. We didn't do a cheers yet. Oh. Saving it for the end. Wow. Yeah, it does smell like coconut. Mm. Yeah, weird. Funny enough, this they actually this, mislabeled this one. It's the uh, coconut beer. I think this is mislabeled. Mm. That's coconut. That's coconut. Yeah, yeah, that's coconut. Oh <laughs> wow, that is well, crazy. Wrong dip, son. I mean, Just, that's yeah, coconut. That's this is delicious. Like this is delicious. Yeah. My coconut yeah. one's delicious. On, you know, if wow. I open my coconut ones I bought in Seattle <laughs> and they're and they're coffee <laughs> and cinnamon, I'm gonna burn the house down. <laughs> This is definitely heck? mislabeled. Yeah. Because I had this one a couple months ago. Oh, really? And it was like it was like sticking your head in a bag of espresso beans. You remember that when we shared it? That was a dark star. Oh, that uh, was. That wasn't, yeah. That wasn't a coffee cinnamon one. Yeah. This is like sticking your, this is like eating a bounty bar. Yeah. Yes. Mm. It is. This is, yeah, this but I'm into it. Yeah. yeah. Well, I don't know if it's like if it's mislabeled or that's just what's coming through. With it could the be cinnamon coffee. Sometimes cocoa. I get coconut off of coffee. Hell yeah! Right? It does exist. It's yeah, give it a chance to dissipate. That, like, Maybe it's sweet not nuttiness. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. No, there is. Yeah. It might not be mislabeled, but I don't know. I feel like that's not their mo. It's still a no. damn good beer. I feel like if we talk about it for another forty minutes, then it will be <laughs> this beer. Yeah. Uh, we we do intend to bore everyone to death. Yeah, yeah, right yeah. yeah. I'm into it. I love this place though, Fremont. Mm-hmm. Trying to hit there every time I go to Seattle. Yeah. yeah, they're one of like they're an older brewery too. Like they've got one of the originals in, in Seattle. No, they just have the best barrel aging program yeah. around, yeah. basically. And right? there's not that much. 
buzz about them except for people who know, mm-hmm. right? But all their beers like are hit on the head for everything yeah. they do. I mean, people will be like, you got to go to Holy Mountain, which is valid. Mm-hmm. And you got to go to Cloudburst, which is, again, valid. But people won't be like, you got to go to Fremont. Unless they're like, do you like barrel-aged beers? And like, I would go, long, these like, days, I would go to Fremont. If yeah, I had one brewery you know. to go to in Seattle, I would be going to Fremont. Oh, yeah. yeah. Good. And it's a good area to hit, too, because there's a lot of good breweries around there. The only thing with Fremont is, actually, I, I'll make, retract that last statement. With Fremont, you've got to go when they do releases. So when I went, they didn't have very much, mm. and they had their hazy IPA, which I ended up buying a four-pack of, which is delicious. So if you go for when they actually have like the releases, that's great. I think if you're going to go to Seattle and you have one chance to go to a brewery, you might want to go to Holy Mountain. It's eh, probably going to have... Out of town either. Yeah. Although Urban Family is really great, too. Yeah, I love like, Urban Family. If you don't have a car, getting to Urban Family is a bitch. Yes. <laughs> they're moving. you got to go to the new highways. No, we're, I didn't. Yeah, they're actually. moving to There's a little thing oh, in... Oh, really? Uh, That's good, because their location, not great. But no. There's a little thing <laughs> in, in, um, in Seattle that is called Uber that's really easy to help get around town. You couldn't get an Uber for some reason. Really? Oh. Yeah, like, I don't understand what you're talking about, because when I went, the times I've gone to Urban Family, it's always been by Uber. Yeah. We so. tried to bust down from Ballard. Stop busting places. Jesus. Well, this we went is to this a, other brewery. It's a weird Australian thing that you guys have. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah I think so. It's, yeah. It's a of bitches. Yeah. <laughs> there's another brewery quite close to them. It had like a marine theme. I can't remember what it was. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. It's decent, down by the... But there was yeah. this older guy who's there all the time apparently. He was like, well, I just brought bread and cheese for everyone. We're really hungry. So we're like, oh yeah, I'll have some bread and cheese. Thanks. Let my wife make us all muffins. Eat the muffins. <laughs> <laughs> But, um, yeah, if you go to Fremont, check out the troll, too. Badass. The Fremont troll. Okay. You must oh, yeah, it's under, under the bridge. It's under a yeah. bridge, and it's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. That's a cool thing Definitely about Seattle. It's it kind of rock and roll artsy as opposed to Portland being just kind of, like, weird and artsy. Some guy decided, I think it's from, like, the 60s or something. Yeah. It's a really cool thing to see. It's a great town. I yeah. would love to go back there. There's so many awesome things happening and so many great restaurants. Seattle? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Anyway. We're going to wrap things up, I think, wrap for it up. tonight. Nice. Uh, overall impressions? Uh, coffee beer? All of those uh, Worthy or non-worthy? <laughs> worthy. 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 Yeah. worthy. Yeah. yeah. Keep trying it out. Yeah. I think, though, we, we can still learn things about, like, as brewers about maybe using it in a better way and, and uh, te- uh, tweaking it It's slightly. just as yeah. delicate as hops, so yeah. yeah it's mm, something absolutely. you cannot just treat lightly. No, it will it will change with time. People will have different tastes towards it and attempt different things. You know, tonight I was, I was actually impressed by um, the lager that we had mm. and like how balanced it was and how a lot of coffee flavor was coming through. Some of the other ones were definitely overshadowed by it. Mm-hmm. And that one block 15, yeah, that was just wild. Yeah. <laughs> it was wild. It had coffee flavor to it. It was really interesting. And um, I, w- I was impressed. Um, well, I want to thank you for yeah. coming on with us tonight. It was really nice to have a, a different voice. Thank I you mean, for having I'm me. getting tired of these Australian accents. So. <laughs> Anytime you guys want to have me back, I'm I'm happy to be here. Awesome. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for sharing your uh, well, your wealth of knowledge for the uh, coffee side of the industry. So, 
We should mention that Il Sauvage currently has a coffee imperial stout. We do. What do you call it? We call it Cofefe. So we took, um, (laughs) yeah. So what happened was uh, we brewed a thousand liter batch of Imperial Stout mm-hmm. and we were lucky enough to get four, three bourbon barrels and one maple bourbon barrel from Washington State. So we brewed a thousand liters of Imperial Stout to stick into the barrels. Um, after we filled all the barrels, they're smaller than our other barrels. So we only got about 200 liters in each. We ended up with 200 liters left over. Of Imperial Stout. So we decided to accidentally, I'm using air quotes here, tweet it as a new variant. So this is the non-barrel-age version, and we took a bunch of, um, what's his name there that roasts on the weekend? Dave? Yeah, Dave. Yeah, Dave was... Shout out Dave. I know. He was, um, he just roasts like a madman on the weekends. And I walked over, and he was like, I was like, what are you roasting today? He's like, he's got a bunch of fun crusher that smells like beautiful chocolate and stuff so he gave me a bunch of that so i added it to that those 200 liters and then i also added um hand toasted coconut so kofefe nice. is our coconut coffee imperial stuff um, what I, the only reason i, I came I up with that. the name was because i was like oh this has got coconut and then in french like cafe and i'm like oh I feel like this has already been done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. These these things scissor together quite well. Right. We're making scissoring notions right now. Well, you are. Right. You, uh, you you started it. Yeah. You I, I, I pulled out. You're the ringleader. I pulled out. I pulled out. Classic Stefan. Yeah. Really anyway, excited for that beer, though. Thank you we for are, joining and, us. And I'm even more excited about the brethren. The rest of them we have laying down nice. in the bourbon barrels. I think those will be. Are you cork and caging those? No, we're not going to cork and cage anything. No? It's too much work and it. Wax seal everything. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just pour wax right over the barrels. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> next week, kill the barrels. All of our crawlers, wax. <laughs> <laughs> There's people doing the pop tops, like our water jugs. They're wax tipping the pop yeah. tops. You see those? It's just like, like, what am I going to do with this? Okay. On that note, we should sign off. Um, yeah. This is goodbye from all of us. And a quick reminder to buy tickets for Hotwire because I think it's going to be goddamn awesome. I know. I can't wait. I think it's going to be awesome. Yeah. It will be awesome. Yeah. All right.